ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. It's great to be back for 2024 and great to have your company again. We thought we'd start off by having a look at whether we'll really be better off when it comes to the cost of living this year. I think we're all fed up with the amount the supermarkets are charging us. And then, of course, there's higher rents, interest rates and power bills. And I know we're going to get a tax cut, but will we really feel less pressure? Who better to tell us than the ABC's business editor, Ian Verinder? I'm Sam Hawley on Gadigal Land in Sydney. This is ABC News Daily. Ian Verinder, Happy New Year, first of all. Oh, thanks, Sam. Great <laughs> we're, to... we're a fair way into January, but anyway, I haven't seen you, so there we go. Happy New Year. Yes, yeah, same to you, Sam. Many discussions will be had this year, I am sure. But first, this first one, I want to unpack with you what is going to happen in 2024 with the cost of living, because obviously there's a great hope that the cost of things will start coming down. Can we please start on these rather controversial stage three tax cuts. What do you make of the government's decision on this? Look, from a policy perspective, and that's, you know, the, all the promises, the mm. argument about promises aside, you put that to one side because that's the, the politics. Yes. But if you look at the policy, it's actually, I think, a, a vastly improved policy. Today I announce that from the 1st of July this year, our government will deliver a tax cut for every single Australian taxpayer. All 30... Everyone earning up to $150,000, they're better off under Labor's plan than they would have been under the original Stage 3 tax cut plan. So how much easier will things be for people come July if it actually passes a parliament, of course? Well, look, every dollar counts really, doesn't it? Mm particularly when you're at that sort of forty, fifty thousand dollar level and you really weren't going to get anything at all. I mean, look, still not going to get a lot of fifty thousand dollars, you'll get a nine hundred and twenty-nine dollar tax cut. I mean, you know, you divide that by fifty-two weeks in a year. It's it's not a lot of money, but everything, everything helps at this stage. And yeah, as you say, up to 150, you're going to be better off under this plan than under the original stage three. Above 150, you won't be as well off, but you're still going to get a tax cut and you're still going to get one really at the top end. You know, you're going to be about four and a half thousand dollars better off than if these cuts weren't coming through at all. Some would say that we should stay the course. Even if we know it means going to the wrong destination. To them, I say, we are choosing a better way forward given the changed circumstances. We are doing the right thing for the right reasons. Mm, And it's really given the opposition something to complain about. That's the politics, because they say, of course, Anthony Albanese's credibility is in tatters. This isn't just another broken promise. This is real treachery by the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister and Treasurer voted for this legislation. It's in legislation already. He truly is the Pinocchio of politics. But you think it's quite a significant policy decision? I think so, yeah. Look, it's a a much better 
way to distribute tax cuts and for a couple of reasons. I mean, one is that by delivering tax cuts to lower income earners, what you do is actually you encourage them to get into the workforce, stay in the workforce, maybe work longer hours. And there's another problem too with the original plan. The original plan, the stage three plan, was going to eliminate the 37% bracket. Mm -hmm. Anyone earning $45,000 a year up to $200,000 a year was was going to pay 30% tax rate. It's going to be a flat tax rate all the way through. And the thing is, when you eliminate that 37%, you know, if you got up to earning, say, $199,000 and you're going to look at it and go, well, um, if I earn another $1,000, every dollar I earn above that, I'm going to pay 45% mm. tax. I might go and get an accountant and, uh, and see if I can do something to fix this. Whereas if you go gradually up the ranks, mm. you know, you're going to go, well, I can't pay a bit more. Oh, yeah, a second time I'm going to pay a bit more from 37 to 45. And what about that core argument that is... This is going to fuel inflation. That will mean interest rates will stay higher for longer. Well, it is probably on the margins slightly more inflationary. I don't think it's enough to really concern the Reserve Bank. I mean, Michelle Bullock was consulted and she is comfortable with the with the changes, according to the Treasurer, Jim Chalmers. We can provide more cost of living relief to more people in middle Australia without putting upward pressure on inflation. We have changed our view and it's a change for the better. Okay, so we're going to have a bit more cash to spend at, say, the supermarket come July. But how much, Ian, is it really going to help? Because there really is a growing sense of frustration about how much we're paying for things, isn't there? Yeah, I think the uh, the whole supermarket uh, sector, it's a really interesting thing to have a look at because, you know, lo and behold, late last year, there's a lot of noise out there, particularly from the federal government, about uh, following a lot of angst within the community about the prices we're paying and the fact that the two big supermarket chains seem to be, well, they're making record profits. Now, there's been a couple of uh, inquiries announced, one by the federal government, and the ACTU also recruited Alan Fells, the former head of the ACCC, and uh, he's looking at a at, the, at a similar type of thing. Now, suddenly, in the last couple of weeks, or the last week or so, we've seen the price of meat suddenly drop. Uh, Woolworths have announced cuts of around 20% for beef and lamb. And, you know, you have to wonder whether or not those price cuts would have being implemented if the you know torch hadn't been shone into this area. So, mm. you know, obviously costs are rising for everybody, including businesses, but a lack of competition within the Australian economy certainly doesn't help, you know, pricing for consumers. We were sort of talking about this in the office before, Ian, and one colleague was talking about the cat food that she buys and she said it's gone up from something like $10 to $20. And my annoyance, I'm not sure if you have one, Mm. is my favourite muesli has gone up from about $6 in the past two years to about $9. And someone mentioned that perhaps I should stop buying it. (laughs) But instead, I just don't share it with anyone in my house (laughs) (laughs) because I really like it. That's that's the easy solution. It's the easiest solution. It's mine. But the point is, we all notice it, don't we, with so many things. And it feels like when the cat food, for instance, hits $20, it never then comes down from that unless it goes on special, for instance. So should we expect in 2024 that the cost of things will actually start to come down 
or will they just not go up as quickly anymore? Look, in some cases, you might get some prices going down. And what we've seen in the most recent inflation figures is that the price for clothing and footwear actually has come off a little bit. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, when you see inflation coming down, all that means is that the price rises aren't coming through as quickly as they were before. So when you get price cuts, that's what's called deflation. Mm -hmm. And that can be very dangerous for for an economy. So inflation might come down, but things will probably remain very expensive. Mm. And it will take quite a while before wages catch up to you know the, the losses we've taken as prices have risen much quicker than, than wages have risen. So mm. the wages catch up is yet to, uh, yet to compensate us for that. Mm, all right. Okay. So it won't get too much easier by the sounds of it. Not in a hurry, no. Nah. So that's groceries. Now let's have a look at another really big issue and pressure for Australian families. And of course, that's the cost of power, of electricity and the cost of gas and heating our homes. So what should we expect there, do you think? Look, we've seen huge price rises in uh, in the cost of electricity in the last couple of years. What we've seen in the last year or so is that um, gas prices and uh, oil prices have come right off, coal prices as well. And so by rights, we should see some kind of relief when it comes to electricity charges in the, in the year ahead. Part of the problem for Australia, and it really irks me, is that you know, we are one of the biggest uh, gas suppliers in the world. We are the biggest exporter in the world. Mm-hmm. And we're exporting to countries in Europe, uh, particularly China. We export three quarters of our gas to China. But we, we export all around the world. And you know, you, in Europe, there's a, there's a gas shortage. And uh, Europeans are paying less for their gas than we are in Australia. So gas is kind of the... It's the price setter for electricity mm. because it's the last option for, for generating the, the electricity you need. So it actually sets the price of electricity. And if it's, if it's overpriced, then we end up paying a lot more for our electricity. Mm, so hang on a minute. So we export the gas to Europe, but they pay less for it than we pay for it. That's still, I can't quite get my head around no, that. No. Let's turn then to another big pressure that we face here, and that, of course, is huge rents and interest rates. Do we have a sense at all if rents, for starters, will start coming down or are they just going to keep going up? Rents, the national median rent has now uh, come to more than, risen above $600 a week. So that means, you know, people are paying around about $31,000 a year for to rent, which is an extraordinary sum of money until we see some kind of drop off in demand, at, you know, either through basically, I guess, limiting the number of people coming into the country or we get an increase in supply. It's difficult to see that there's going to be a rapid fix in the uh, in the housing situation, and so that means rents will probably remain elevated. Mm. Gosh, all right, and that brings us, of course, to interest rates. We had thirteen interest rate hikes in 15 months. And of course, the question that everyone wants answered is when will they start dropping again? Well, they'll only really start dropping, I guess, when the economy starts to slow down. And that's often not a good thing. And this is one of the 
great conundrums about economics, you know. Some people will feel enormous pain while others benefit from it. So it's never an easy trade-off between those two things. Look, I think we're at peak uh, rates at the moment. There's no doubt that uh, we've probably gone maybe even a little too high. So there is a little bit of scope for interest rates to come off. Okay, Ian, you've got to tell me then, what's your verdict? Will 2024 be at least slightly better for cost of living than 2023? I I hope that what we see for, for this year, for 2024, is that we see inflation abating, we see, you know, interest rates coming down a little bit, all of those pressures starting to come off while wages do increase a little at a slightly faster pace than we've seen in the past. And we get a little bit more moderation between the amount of money we earn compared to the amount of money we spend. I do think that that is a, is a distinct possibility. Ian Verinda, thanks for your time. We'll speak to you a lot, I'm sure, during the year. Thanks, Sam. Look forward to it. This episode was produced by Bridget Fitzgerald. Audio production by Sam Dunn. Our supervising producer is David Cody. I'm Sam Hawley. Thanks for joining us in 2024.